Welcome to the People's Church Sermoncast. You can join us for our live worship services on Sundays at 10 a.m. People's Church is located at the corner of Mill Plain and Andreessen in Vancouver, Washington. Please visit our website at peoplesvancouver.church to learn more about our community and how you can get involved. And now for this week's sermon. You're listening to the sermon cast from People's Church of Vancouver, Washington. You're invited to join us on Sunday mornings at 10.30 a.m. We're located at 6801 East Mill Plain Boulevard in Vancouver, Washington. For more information, visit us at peopleschurchvancouver.org. Now for this week's sermon. Can you hear me now? Good morning. Actually, good morning. morning. What a great crowd. I'm encouraged today. Um, You know, kind of discombobulated. The Lord's doing his thing and messing with my sermon. So, (laughs) we're doing what he wants to do. I have got no slides today. I'm going to make you do the work. So if you've got your Bible, you can pull it out. If you're not ADHD, you can use your phone. Otherwise, I know you're doing other things. <laughs> that's what I do. Um, I'm going to pray first. Heavenly Father, God, um, we ask God that you would uh, accept our worship this morning. Accept the praise. That we know how great you are, Lord God, and you are great in us. Help our minds to open to your word today. Help me to articulate your word in a way that will uh, open hearts and help minds and give it understanding, Heavenly Father. Uh, Calm me down and uh, help me to be uh, articulate and do no violence to your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Oh, stop it. (laughs) I love this church. I love the people here because... uh, you're encouraging to me because um, I know many of the things that this church is dealing with, the individuals that are going through things. Uh, and uh, I'm just so happy to see things coming back, people coming back, people that we've missed, you know, people that are an encouragement to my heart just when I see you. It's nice to have you, Randy. Um I want to talk a little bit today about maturity in our Christian life and how that manifests itself and what are some of the things that uh, manifest in maturity when we're uh, walking with the Lord. What does that look like, you know, when you're growing up? Me and Carl have conversations about that because it's easy to get discouraged in your walk because guess what we are? Human beings. We have wide-ranging emotions. And I'm speaking uh, more specifically to people that had uh, um, trauma at a young age. I'm a part of that group. My wife's a part of that group. You know, the things that we don't talk about, the things that cause us uh, uh, shame, and we don't even understand why. 
the little habits and quirks that we have that were given to us and, and we've lived our lives with them. But uh, I'm hoping in Christ that you begin to understand those and that you begin to kind of grow away from those or into those. I'm really OCD when I get dressed. I have what's called clothing crises that my wife enjoys laughing at because some days I can't figure out what to wear. I start, right? First, first world problems. Um, I started with five shirts today and tie combinations and I finally, I hope I settled on the right one. But uh, I, I feel okay about it so I don't really care what you think. <laughs> But that's what I've grown into maturity-wise. It's, it's just my thing. It doesn't harm anybody. I like to do it. I'm not trying to be all fancy, but it's just my thing. Um, so, you know, for us, so maturity in the Christian life kind of looks like this. You know, it's not, boom. How many of you had most perfect, idyllic upbringing? How many? Raise your hand. Awesome. Wonderful people. Rare. Unicorns, right? All of us that have endured some things, so we're all going to be a little different as we approach the throne of God, right? Um, I want to read something that wasn't a part of my sermon, that wasn't in my notes, but today I'm here to give you encouragement in your pain, okay? Because no pain, no gain. God had to get me there. You guys know the ordeal I've been going through with my hip. It's been a year and a half, and pain has become my companion. There's no time in the last, what do you think, babe, uh, year that I haven't enjoyed pain. That I haven't enjoyed pain. I've only started enjoying pain in the last few weeks. But (laughs) But saying God had to open up something inside me. I went through all the emotions. But I'm going to read out of um, Romans 8, starting at verse uh, 18. And I'm going to remove my glasses because infirmity is amongst us. Are you ready? I consider that our present suffering are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. The creation waits in eager expectation for the sons of God. To be revealed. For the creation was subject to frustration. Not by its own choice, but by the will of the one who subjected it. In hope that the creation itself will be liberated from its bondage to decay. And brought into the glorious freedom of the children of God. We know that the whole creation has been groaning. As in the pains of childbirth right up to this present time. Not only so, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the Spirit grown inwardly as we wait eagerly for our adoption as sons, the redemption of our bodies. For in this hope we were saved, but hope that is seen is not hope at all. Who hopes for what he already has? But if we hope for what we do not yet have, we wait for it patiently. In the same way the Spirit helps us in our weakness, We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groans and words cannot express. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints in accordance with God's will. And we know that in all things... 
God works for the good of those who love him and who have been called according to his purpose. For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the likeness of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. And those he predestined, he also called. Those he called, he also justified. And those he justified, he glorified. What then will we say in response to this? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also along with him graciously give us all things? Who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? It is God who justifies. Who is he that condemns? Christ Jesus died. More than that, he was also raised to life and is at the right hand of God and is interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As is written, for your sake we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to the slaughter. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither life nor death, nor any powers, present or future, neither height nor death, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. God bless the reading of the word. That is the scripture preaching encouragement to us. From beginning to end. Because to start, we need to grow a powerful and productive private spiritual life. I fell off a little bit when I started feeling the pain, getting a little bummed out, waking up in the morning with pain, going to sleep with pain. My habit of getting up and reading the word and praying fell off. I admit it. So I started being a little less productive in my spiritual life. Being convinced by the word of God. Conviction, biblical conviction. I believe this. This is a historical collection of books that were written in the times that with eyewitnesses. And there are verifiable prophecies that have been revealed. I, I take this as a credible book here. So I have that conviction. And then, you know, we surrender and, and self-sacrifice, whether it's helping someone else see the Lord or coming to church and being a part of the worship, being a part of the team, helping encourage other people. But in pain, we need to find some courage and some encouragement. You know, that'll show you maturity in Christ where God told me, talk to me in my mind as I talk to him. And he says to me, well, I understand you're in pain and you hate it. What are you doing about it? I'm waiting on you, God. I want you to do something. Touch it, you know. You know, I don't want to limp. I want to run, but God's saying, "Well, why don't you limp for a while and you figure out what I'm doing? Why don't you limp for a little while and you figure out what I'm doing? Because right now you're not doing the right stuff. You're whining and complaining and groaning, but what are you doing?" And I'm like, "Oh, okay. I guess I could exercise a little bit, strengthen the area around my hip, especially so when I do get surgery." God willing, he doesn't heal me before that. If I do get surgery, I'm going to be strong to get ready to get back 
get my life back together, right? Got to do the work. In my pain. In my 30s, I blew my knee out. Had surgery. And they sent me to this torturous physical therapist who did not care about me at all. The most evil human being on the planet. Because she wanted me to ride this bike. My knee hurts. Can't. No, you're going to ride this bike. Eventually, I rode the bike. And once I got past that, I call it uh, exhilarating pain. You ever had the kind of pain that your head lights up and you're going, whoa, wow. That's the kind of pain that if it goes a little further, you probably pass out. But uh, I, I was like, and once I got going, though, it started getting better. I started getting longer. When I woke up from my surgery, I got chicken legs anyway, but my thigh was like this big. Like, what? Overnight, my muscles had atrophied because of lack of use. Are we using all the tools in our arsenal? Whether we're in our pain, whether we're in our depression, when we're in our feelings, are we using every tool? Even the tools that we're afraid of, you know, are we giving God what he needs to see from us to move you forward? Because what God doesn't do that we do do that hurts people, we overhelp them. Right? You ever overhelp somebody, spoil your kids, give them too much, you know, then they look at you like, where's the rest? Stop playing. I've watched this play out, and it's sad. It's really hard. It's really hard. It's really hard for single parents. Because you feel like your kids are suffering all the time because they're missing something, right? And you try to make up for it. I was okay with it, but, uh, you know, um, it's harder for women. It is. You know, I can be the bad guy. I don't care. You don't have to like me. You just do what I tell you to do. Uh, This is how I grew up, (laughs) you know. But for women, it's harder because you're nurturing, you're loving, you're caring. You want the best. Your heart just yearns to give whatever you can give to your child. But we have to be careful because God does not overhelp us. Right? God God says, well, I know what you need. He's a gracious parent. He knows what we need. And God knew I needed to get up off my butt, quit being depressed, and get to work. Because things are suffering in my life, my job. I got about five good hours, and then it's it's harder. But, you know, when in those five hours, I get rid of that stick. I only use the cane when I need it. Decide, hey, I don't need this all the time. But people are really nice to you when you carry, when you walk with a cane. It's amazing. Yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> I get sympathy from the customers. <laughs> Spencer felt sorry for him. He came and bought a truck. <laughs> Hallelujah. Oh, going down is okay. That's that going up. That's a, but uh, I digress. What I'm saying is find God in your pain. Jesus was a great example to us because he had to endure the frustration of being human. But also he enjoyed the knowledge of knowing God. We all endure the frustration of being human beings. 
There ain't nothing special going on. God's not targeting you. You're not Job, you know. But Job found encouragement. Did he find it in his friends? Did he find it in his wife? He found encouragement in the Lord himself. As God, first of all, let him know where he stood and who he was. was. You're not God. But also, he gave him back what was taken from him because he endured the pain. All throughout the Bible, what happens? It's about God finding people in their pain and growing them up. I mean, from start to finish, everyone. You know, he didn't, he didn't not show us his pain. But if you're not reading the scripture... How do you know God? How do you know what his expectation is from us? And also, how do you know what we are purposed to do? I am right where God wants me to be right now. In this minute, I'm right where, no matter what mistake I made 10 years ago, five years ago, no wonder thinking errors. I walked, I came in here in sin. I'll leave in sin But I understand the greatness of forgiveness and mercy and grace. That God knows me and where I'm at with all my baggage, with all my stuff. He still knows that my heart is turned towards him. He knows that about me. Because I ponder and think and read and listen to the word of God. To people that speak about the word of God. A lot. I'm a, I'm a nerd. I'm a Bible nerd. You know, I like it. It speaks to me. Okay. The hard part is for the people that slog through the scripture. That is hard. It's the work that maybe you need to be doing. Because the stuff in my heart that I've read, you know why I hit that verse? Because it's highlighted. At some point in my life, It meant something. And guess what? As I read it today, it still means something. It even spoke more. More of these scriptures, as you begin to read them and you begin to grow up, you begin to dispense with silly ideas and notions. You know? God tells you what he's going to do, why he's going to do it, and how he's going to do it. The Old Testament is a revelation of God to us. But when we get to heaven... It's going to be me and God and Jesus. And you know why Jesus is going to say, he's good, let him in. You know, because I'm doing my best to do the work. I was convicted individually. I don't need y'all coming to me and saying, hey, man, what are you doing? Are you doing everything you need to do? Well, are you? (laughs) <laughs> but when God says that to you, what do you what's your reply? Exactly. No. I'm undone. <laughs> you know? So, your time with God, your getting to know God, your relationship with God is your responsibility. If you're coming to church every week thinking you're getting fed, you're going to be anorexic. You're going to be a starving Christian. Yeah. You know, pastor's here, and Mike's here, 
Spencer's here and the team is here just to encourage you and, and maybe say something that's going to propel you further in your maturity on your road to being the best, the strongest, the most well-fed Christian you can be. Because what happens? What's a hero? It's that one guy that decides I'm going to stand up and I'm going to fight. And then all of a sudden, it's like after David killed Goliath. What was going on before David killed Goliath? Man, them jokers were scared. Sitting around going, man, what are we going to do? What happened after? Man, it was like, let's go follow David and kill all these cats. You know, because he just asked a bunch of questions. He's like, well, what's going on? Who's that guy? Why is he talking crazy to y'all and you ain't doing nothing about it? But David had proved himself because God manifested him. Manifest, it is the act of disclosing what is secret, unseen, or obscure. Discover to the eye, to the understanding, the exhibition of anything by clear evidence. Why was David so confident and encouraged that he could go out there and kill Goliath? The bear and the lion. And the Lord. Because he said, I didn't go out there. God rescued me from the bear. God rescued me from the lion. It doesn't mean that God came down and killed him. He said, no, David, I have equipped you with the tools and the ability. And I will take care of you because you always talk to me. You know that I'm here for you. So that's evidence, right? We're we're not talking about... uh, Something that's way out there. We got the manifold manifestations, you know, and we talk a lot about that spiritual side. But there is a physicality to our faith. You know, if you're still a baby Christian and you've been saying you're a Christian for 10 years, you're just not doing the work. So if you don't want to read the Bible, come talk to me. Because I'm going to ask you why. I say, are you a Christian? And you say, yes. Why? Do you know? Do you know? Do you know? Can you say that to somebody who's not a Christian? I just want to encourage you to know who and what you are. We are the people that have the word of God to help encourage and change other people's lives who so desire it. It's not about me going out there and trying to convince somebody that's an atheist to be a Christian. It's about me living a life that so is the the product of my life, the look on my face, the way I carry myself, the things that I do will identify me as the Lord's servant. And I got so wrapped up in my pain. I stopped being a Christian. I was miserable. But these doggone Christians kept on bothering me. Jeez. Calling you, texting you, I'm praying for you, you know, I love you. Bye, 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 whatever. My leg hurts. <laughs> Come on now, stop playing. I'm not the only one that's like that. Because <laughs> we can get discouraged. Thank God you're coming back to church because this is the only place where I got encouragement. 
Okay? Seriously, whether I'm here for a minute or an hour, it's encouraging. I just, there's nobody in here I don't love. I'm so honest about that. It's such an encouraging place. And that's all I got. I got a wonderful wife. She couldn't encourage me. She messed her knee up. We're a pair. You know? But God just just got a hold of me. He said, Vernon, I got purpose for you. You know, I was like, man, I want to preach. Pastor, can I preach? Heck yeah, you can preach. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> I thought maybe he'd give me a, another week or so. He's like, you on Sunday, man. Let's do this. <laughs> I was like, thank you. I need this. I, I want to encourage you today. Because things are changing dramatically in our world. You see what's going on in Canada. Holy cow, what happened to Canada? You know? We have to, because you, 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 you got to get prepared to have courage. Right? You have those guys that are always talking about, man, if that dude had said that to me, I would have blah, blah, blah. Well, whatever. <laughs> then come time, pow, you're running. Don't just have enthusiasm. Okay? Righteous enthusiasm runs out of gas. Peter's a great example of that. I ain't never going to deny you. They can try to kill me. A little girl had him running. <laughs> well, I don't know. Girl, God, Jesus? I don't know that dude. So it's all good and well, but what did Christ do to him? He didn't let that be a shame scar for the rest of his life, did he? That's what I'm saying. You guys walking around with some shame scars. You know, think about those things. Think about those things and tell somebody who loves you about them. But tell somebody who really loves you about them. Me and my wife are entering in a whole nother part of our relationship. What have we been together? 14 years? 15? Something You're supposed to remember. You're the woman. Um, <laughs> but the first 10 years were a blur. Honestly. We're both you know, like this, we're spinning tops and we're raising kids, doing our thing. But now her and I are getting to know each other better, you know, and she's telling me some things. I'm like, whoa, okay. Now I understand you a little bit more. Um, I need to be careful there. I need to be thoughtful about that. That's what God does with us with his word. He lets us get to know him and he helps us get to know ourselves. You know, I'm having to realize that sometimes I'm kind of a jerk. I'm surly, especially when I'm tired and in pain. But I still need to be thoughtful and careful. I don't get to abdicate all the things that, you know, the goodness that God has shown. I don't get to just put those to the side because I don't feel well. You know, I don't get to treat everybody else bad just because I don't get to feel. Don't take license to those who love you. Take comfort. I was pouting. My wife was going through some stuff at work. Maureen saved a life on Monday. You know? She had to give CPR to somebody. And it just, ugh, she had a hard time with that. And I just encourage her. Baby, you did good. You did amazing. You're awesome. You know? Came to work and, you know, she's just that humble. And that, you know, she's like, ugh, geez, I don't want all this attention. 
I don't want all these people talking about me. But I'm like, when somebody like you, who seems all put together, is loving on some homeless people and caring about them, they know she cares. And I tell her, I encourage her, you're not the person that they think is going to care about them. You're not the person that they think is going to. And she's always giving something, doing something, creating something to make their lives better. But she needed encouragement. And God has grown her and matured her. Because years ago, she would have just lost it all and had to stay in bed for a couple weeks. You know? But she's grown stronger. She's maturing. She's seeing. And as her husband, I'm encouraging you know, her to be, understand, you're amazing. These people need you. You know, because everybody else is just going to work, punching the clock, punching in, punching out, and doing as little as possible. Okay? So you, as Christians, can be encouraged that God's word will lift you up and push you forward. But you have got to be willing to do the work. Remember, Jesus was in the garden, and he was what? Distressed. Jesus was distressed? He's human. He didn't want to die. We don't just consciously want to die. But also, he took encouragement in the Father. Right? Not my will, but thy will be done. Because the love Jesus had for us, he had to fulfill what was said in Scripture. So our faith is not shaken. But he endured the pain and the shame. Pain and shame. Jesus endured the pain and the shame to forward the kingdom of God. My pain, my childhood pain, um, major trust issues with women. I'll just say that. And me and and Maureen were talking about it. And uh, I, I have to think about that when I'm feeling some kind of way, when I'm in my feelings and I'm not treating her well because of nothing she's done. And God comes to mind. I have to be mature because what I'm finding is hampering my Christian walk is some of the stuff from the past that I haven't resolved. Okay? These are the private things of God for you. These are the things that get worked out in your prayer place. These are the things that when you're reading a scripture, things jump off at the page at you. That's when God tells us, you need to put those away. Okay? Because we're finding ourselves dysfunctional. And when it comes time for our faith to be tested, because I believe in the next 10, 20 years, it's going to happen. You see what happened to churches during COVID. Thank God for John MacArthur. You know, because most churches were very compliant and complacent. Thank God for People's Church, because we did the best we could under the law to still keep worshiping. You know, thank God for Pastor. He walked the fine line with the government and God. You know, we're going to have to do that eventually. I'm just saying, I'm not raising an alarm, but I'm just saying, your Christian faith needs to be real. You know, because the world is convincing us we have so much luxury in this country. We have so many things that God doesn't have to do for us. Comfort is not the place where God moves. He moves in our pain. 
He moves us to help people. He moves us to care about more than ourselves. Hey, until July, I'm stuck with this. Okay? I'm stuck with it. And man, I was miserable a couple days ago. I worked my butt off for three days and didn't sell a car. I mean, I, I was in so much pain. You ever had a toothache? Well, toothache right here. And just, and I was so frustrated. But then God. But then God. My wife bought me this ring for Valentine's Day. Um, it spins, but it's got the uh, Lord's Prayer written on it in super, 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 super tiny letters. <laughs> but I know it's there. So I got really frustrated, and then I felt this ring. And I started rolling, and I said, if my father who's in heaven, hallowed be your name. Bring me a car deal, God. <laughs> I'm not lying. I pray on the lot. When I get frustrated, I pray. Lord, I just need one. Just give me one. You know, that's what, in all the things that we do, don't think God is not in everything that we do, everything that we think about, everything that we're concerned about, all the questions that we have. I don't have to know everything in this Bible. I don't have to be able to decipher all the things. But Jesus says you will be blessed in the reading of it. You are blessed in the reading of the word. And if you have a hard time with reading it, just read a chapter a day. You don't have to understand it, but you need to kind of, the Holy Spirit will begin to reveal to you. And also, guess what? There are many, many, many saints in the house of God that will happily, happily discuss the scriptures with you and things you don't understand. You believe that? And there are many of you here in the house of God that can do a lot more. You can do a lot more. Because all you got to do is your best. But you're the only one that knows what your best is. I don't know what your best is. You know what your best is. The Holy Spirit speaks to your heart into your mind and works inside of you. Because when it comes time to say whether you are a Christian or not in front of the Lord, he knows. God knows my heart and he knows my struggle. God is there in your struggle. He's there waiting for you to reach up and cry, Abba, Father, help me right now. I'm struggling. I've struggled my whole life with addictions, of all kinds, I've struggled my whole life, but I ain't mad because I told Maureen the other day, I said, baby, look at us. We're doing good. We're doing good for all that we've endured, for all the things that we didn't understand or didn't know, for all the abuse that we've endured, for all those things. I had to look up one day and say, God is good because we're doing good. You know, and keep doing good. We're miracles. We're miracles. I know so many miracles in this place. People that I know that have struggled, that have had problems, that it, whether they're mental, physical, or whatever, God is right there. Right there. You know, just to lean on. And sometimes just to curl up in a ball and let him just cradle you. That's where God is. There's nobody in this world that can do anything to you 
that God can't cover. So when you're in pain, whether it's mental pain, physical pain, think about the Lord and what he says about that. Don't, you can even be a secret Christian, whether you're at work or wherever, because that might just be the level of maturity that you're at. I'll tell you a story about a couple secret Christians, and then I'll let you go. In Mark, uh, what, John 16, uh, Joseph of Arimathea, I'm going to read it because I'll screw it up. Mm, okay. Anyway, I'll paraphrase. (laughs) Basically, he drummed up the courage, it says in the Bible, to go ask for the body of Jesus. It says in Mark, he was a secret disciple. So he could take the body of Jesus and wrap it in embalming. And guess who his partner was? Nicodemus. Remember Nicodemus? These guys were part of the, the ruling class, the Sanhedrin. They were religious leaders. So might not have been prudent for them to, you know, be outright. But at the end of the day, end of the day when they saw what had happened, they knew. I'm sure the Holy Spirit prompted him, you know, to go get the body of Jesus. Because that was also a part of the fulfillment of prophecy. What do you think the Romans would have done with the body of Jesus if it was just left there? They would have chucked him out in the potter's field with everybody else. But that's not where the king of glory was going to be. Correct? He was in the proper place for another miracle to happen. So it doesn't matter where you're at in your maturity. At some point, God's going to call on you to be true and to stand up and be courage and have courage to encourage other people. Okay? Have courage to encourage others. Grief share. Uh, a, a lady at my dentist's office, her husband died. I, I knew her husband, and she was just in such dis- because it was just sudden. It wasn't COVID, but it was just he got pneumonia, got sepsis, bam, died. Guy in his 30s, you know, and she was just devastated. And then two weeks later, the husband of his ex-wife died. And these two ladies were just miserable. And I, I you ever been at a loss? And then it was like, Judith. I said, hey, there's a group called Grief Share. I think you should probably be a part of it. I think it'll help encourage you. So she started that. She said she's been very encouraged. She said it's been awesome for her. And she also invited her friend who's not a Christian to Grief Share. So in the pain, we can have solutions for others. Even if it's just a word, even if it's just a website, something, but you can't be so focused on your own stuff that you miss out on the opportunity to bless others. Because I think the greatest gift you can ever give somebody is a legacy blessing where you can change their lives. People's Church has changed Carl's life and the life of his children and his children's children, because Carl is becoming day by day a man of God. And he's doing it 
in God's timing, the way God will do it for him. So he doesn't mean, need me punching him in the face about God. God does it every day. Hey, boy, wake up. I need you to go do something. Hey, man, wake up. I need you to think about this person and give him a call. Hey, I need somebody told those people who were encouraging me to do it because I needed it. My buddy from work called. He's like, and I didn't answer the phone. Then he texted me, and I didn't answer the text. Then he called me again, and I answered the phone. He said, I'm coming over. You don't need to come over. No, man, you don't talk to me. I'm coming over. You know? Okay. 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 You understand what I'm saying today, church? Uh, You understand what I'm saying? Do the work. God needs you to do the work so other people can benefit from it. And then it encourages and uplifts you. You know, we're all in this together. You know, ain't no lone rangers in the house of God. We're all in this together. You guys have brought me from complete despair back to the pulpit. Honestly, I was in despair. Most miserable I think I've ever been in my life. You understand me today, church? Life is serious. It's serious, and it's fraught with so many things that we don't want. That blanket of comfort is not going to get you into heaven. Sorry, you know, because then you stop looking to God, you know. But all I say today is God wants you outside of yourself and into him. He wants you outside of yourself and into him. I have to do particular things for myself so I don't have too much pain. But you know what? It's getting better because I started working out. It's getting better. I'm getting stronger. I feel better than I felt before. Okay? So I'm going to encourage you today. God loves you. He has purpose for you. He wants you strong, healthy, courageous, as a Christian, because you will infuse others with courage to do the things that they can't do. Come alongside each other. Lock arms. Be here. Be there. Be a Christian. Be a Christian like Christ. Because in the end, it's glory. We all have a fatal disease. Okay? But it's not forever. Okay? Don't be of this world. Be in it, but don't be of it. Be otherworldly. Otherworldly people encourage people. You know? One more story. Okay? I got a guy at work. Angry. Angry. I call, I nicknamed him Sour Patch. I was like, what's up, Patch? You know? And, uh, matter of fact, I had to, we got two buildings, and, just his whole aura was so angry that I just went to the other building and hung out. <laughs> but uh, he's slowly changing. Because yesterday I just walked by him and I just touched his arm. I just looked at him. And I walked away. You know, always taking a chance to, because for some reason in me, when I see somebody that's unhappy or Everything in me wants to help them. Because you don't have to be this way. 
You don't have to be angry. And this is a fantastic life God has given us. It's just embrace whatever it is, whatever you have, embrace it because you're right where God wants you to be right now. In this minute, you're where God wants you to be. Don't lament about what you didn't do or what you couldn't do or that bad decision you made back then or whatever. It doesn't matter. He predestined. So he knows you're right where God called you to be. He just wants you to do the work to get better. You know? I love you today, church. Heavenly Father God, I praise you and thank you. I give you glory. And God, just help us see you for who you are. A gracious and loving God that that can touch us every day and heal us and move us forward. And inside the pain, we know that we are going to gain a greater relationship with you and a greater relationship with others, Lord God. Let us all be shining examples of who Christ is and what he does in us. In Jesus' precious name I pray, amen.